Hello. 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 <laughs> always wanted to do that <laughs> you just did does it make you feel good <laughs> yeah my dad would be so proud <laughs> well welcome back everyone yep welcome back to ghost raised in the south glad you're still listening this is robin this is nikki this is lisa what's up y'all <laughs> we are on episode seven i mean that's I, that's a lot i it mean is. yeah <laughs> I'm, I can't believe it's episode 11. Er, 11. <laughs> I can't believe it's episode 11 either. Get ahead of yourself there, Nikki. <laughs> I can't believe it's episode 7. <laughs> I know. Um, we've gotten quite a few listeners, like people subscribing, and it's exciting. Yeah. I'm so glad you guys like to hear us. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> A lot of people saying that they enjoy kind of the, the history part of it, too. It's not just ghost stories. We give a little background of, of stuff, too. Yeah, I've had a lot of feedback on the history part, so I really like that you're all liking that. Yeah, I have, too. I've heard the exact same thing from, from people, you mm-hmm. know, that they enjoy the ghost stories, but also that we have all the history to um, kind of tell, lead into the stories and everything, so. We try. Yeah, we try. Oh, I, you know, I, I actually enjoy, that's probably my favorite part. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I enjoy the ghost stories too, but when you have the history of an old building or of an old place and how it was built and, and all that, um, it's, it's, you know, it's very interesting and a part of who we are and mm-hmm. why we're here now. And mm-hmm. it is, and it's always fun and interesting to do the research and learn about more. It on, is on the places that we're, you know, researching and talking about. No, stuff that you you had no idea that that happened back in 1780 or 1850 or right, you know. Yeah, history teachers would be proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoy learning about all these different places too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm I find that I'm getting more into history because of this too because mm-hmm. In school, history was my worst subject. Oh, really? It was <laughs> the worst. Oh, I excelled um, at it. <laughs> <laughs> I just, back then, I didn't find it interesting, but I think it was because you're learning about stuff that you aren't choosing at the mm-hmm. time. True. But now, you know, and even in my early adult years, it's fun learning more about the history of, of places when it's something that interests you. Mm-hmm. And the people. And, yeah. You mm-hmm. know, um, the people that are no longer here, but mm-hmm. they help form and shape city these cities that we talk about and things like that. So, right. I'm just waiting for the day when there's a conversation about a specific subject, and then one of us has all of the information in the background <laughs> and stuff, and they're like, "How do you know all of this? Yeah, <laughs> this is so random." <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, I've, I've, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, I've always loved history and, and doing research on stuff and to be actually able to talk about it and mm-hmm. people actually enjoy me talking about it yeah, <laughs> you know? instead of just being like, okay, you can stop now. <laughs> well, we probably do have those people that are like, oh, 
oh, just get to the ghost stories. Yeah, get I'm, to the <laughs> I'm sure we do, but you know, it's good to have a background mm-hmm. of uh, why the place could be yeah. haunted and Some who reference. is haunting it. Yeah, you right. know. So I think it brings more to the story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a hundred years from now, somebody will be talking about, hey, you know those podcasters from Ghost Raised in the South? <laughs> I wonder where they're haunting at now. <laughs> a random hotel. <laughs> so, yes, we are glad that you are all enjoying it. Because we are really enjoying it ourselves. Yeah, we're having so much fun doing this. Mm-hmm. This is kind of our girl time. I know, too. it is. <laughs> it is. I look forward to this. So much. So much. <laughs> Got an excuse to get out of the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Get an excuse to get out of the house and mm-hmm. talk about history. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put the nerd glasses back on. <laughs> well, um, I guess we can go ahead and get into it. Yes. Why everybody is listening to us. They probably mm-hmm. just don't want to hear us ramble about how much mm-hmm. we love history. And all that. <laughs> so, uh, Robin has our main story, so why don't you take it away? I do, I do. So... Go into a state that we haven't yet covered, and that is going to be the beautiful state of Kentucky. Kentucky! Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, what I decided to pick was a place called the Mammoth Cave National Park. So, this is also something a little bit different, too. It's not a building. We're talking about a gigantic cave, y'all. Oh. Oh. So, the location of this place, uh, like I said, it's in Kentucky, but it's about 20 miles north of Bowling Green. And it's just off of I-65. So around 4,000 years ago, it's believed that prehistoric Native Americans mined these cave walls for its minerals and also buried their dead inside of the cave. Oh. Mm-hmm. 4,000 years ago. Yeah. Wow. So the Smithsonian listed it as one of the largest caves in the world. Oh, in the world? The world. Wow. <laughs> That's interesting. See, yeah, I had no idea that we had this in, in the South, like uh-huh. in our backyard. I know. You know? I want to go so badly now. Yeah, we'll have to add it to the list. <laughs> this is another thing that's so cool about doing this podcast is that you get to come up with places that's like, wow, I didn't know about this. And now I want to go there. Right. No. <laughs> so back to it. Sorry, y'all. Back to it. <laughs> so, I got excited. <laughs> one of the largest caves in the world. And it encompasses about 80 square miles. But underneath lies a twisting labyrinth of limestone caves and it creates a network that earns the title for the longest cave system in the world oh wow wow and one of the reasons why is because it is 365 miles of cave that has been explored but no one knows how far the cave system actually extends oh Mm. wow yeah so it it goes Beyond the 365 Beyond. miles. Nobody has wow. any idea. I mean, some actually speculate that there could be even 600 miles additional. Oh, wow. So undiscovered. Wow. Would that go into another state? You would think that it yeah. would almost have to. Oh, but wow. But yeah, it is so, so interesting. And you've got to see the pictures as new caverns and recesses are continuously being discovered constantly. I mean, it's it's fascinating. Um, I know somebody that might find it interesting and probably already knows about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Lisa. <laughs> Are you talking about my geologist friend? I am talking about your geologist friend. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say 
friend, air quotes. <laughs> he would. He probably knows all about it. I'm sure he does. I'm sure when I go home, he's going to be like, why didn't I come on that episode? Yeah. Couldn't have done a call in or, or something. Yeah. <laughs> so you'll definitely have to get him to tune into this episode. Okay. Um, so it is now a national park with thousands of visitors each month like hundreds of thousands mm, i would say i bet wow. yeah and the ancient human remains and artifacts in the cave are federally protected and they're prohibited from removal or mm. even like touching them or, or anything right so they just have to be essentially documented as to where they are found but you can't but you can't touch them or anything right so the First European settlers were said to have discovered the cave in 1797. Okay. Now, you know, obviously it, it had already been discovered, you know, but we're saying that the settlers laid claim to it <laughs> <laughs> in 1797. It exchanged landowners a handful of times before the 1840s and 50s, and uh, one of the key players in this is a man named Stephen Bishop. And in the 1840s and 50s, he was a slave who was working as a guide and also exploring the caves. And he became the first person to actually draw out an extensive map of the cave and even named many of its features. Ooh. So that is really cool for Stephen. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Stephen was introduced to the cave in 1838 by Franklin Gorin, and Gorin wrote, after Stephen's death, I placed a guide in the cave, being Stephen that he's talking about, the celebrated and great Stephen, and he aided in the making of discoveries. He was the first person who ever crossed the bottomless pit, and he, myself, and another person whose name I have forgotten were the only persons ever at the bottom of Gorin's dome, to my knowledge. So that's what um, was said about him. And in 1839, John Krogan of Louisville bought the Mammoth Cave <laughs> for $10,000. What? <laughs> the <laughs> whole cave for $10,000? The whole estate. Yeah. Oh, okay. And that actually included Bishop and all of the other slaves from the previous owner, Franklin Gordon. So, hmm. oh, a deal. Yeah. <laughs> And when was this again? 1839. 1839. I wonder yeah. what the, like, monetary value would the equal equivalent to would be mm -hmm. now. I'd have to calculate it. But yeah. anyways, but yeah, $10,000 is $10, what he paid okay. yeah, to buy this gigantic cave. Um, now, you know, also at the time, though, they probably didn't have any idea exactly the scale of how big this cave was. You're so, right, right. you know. They didn't know that it was one of the largest caves in the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, Corrigan, he briefly ran an ill-fated tuberculosis experimental hospital in the cave. What? Yeah. I don't know. Oh, he, no. ex experimental. Yeah. He was under the impression that the vapors, of which he believed were in the cave would like cure the patients and, like, like a natural them and yeah okay but you know again this was experimental it mm -hmm. was not science-based or anything it was just <laughs> on a whim and tuberculosis would ultimately claim the lives of both corgan and bishop and many of his patients because surprise it was not a cure for tuberculosis right so yeah. throughout the 19th century 
the fame of Mammoth Cave would grow so that the cave became an international sensation. And at the same time, the cave attracted many famous people, including, guess who? Edwin Booth. <gasps> <laughs> he gets around, doesn't he? Wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> in fact, there's a chamber in the cave that is actually known as Booth's Amphitheater. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's yeah. great. Wow. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if it's that famous, they had all kinds of famous people flocking to it. So he was one of the people. Cool. In 1935, the remains of a mummified pre-Columbian miner was found preserved but wedged under a large boulder that rolled on top of him. (gasps) But the most famous story tied to the cave involves a spelunker. Drop that name. Spelunker. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A., you know, someone who spelunks. (laughs) Someone who explores caves. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the most famous story is tied to a cave explorer of the name of Floyd Collins. In the 1920s, many of the caves were privately owned. And in a battle to attract tourist dollars, Floyd Collins spent 10 years exploring the Flint Ridge cave system. Most important legacy of the explorations was the discovery Uh, that Floyd made of the Crystal Cave, an exploration in the Salts Cave. So before dying at Sand Cave in 1925, Floyd Collins, who owned a section called Crystal Cave, was excavating in hope of finding new passages. Because his lamp was dying, he had to leave quickly before losing all light to the chamber, but became trapped in a small passage on his way out. Mm -hmm. Collins accidentally knocked over his lamp putting out his light and was caught by a rock from the cave ceiling and this pinned his left leg oh. mm-hmm. when a boulder fell on his leg pinning him he was trapped just 150 feet from the entrance oh yeah so close but oh, so far away terrible. and being so narrow right and, yeah his friends found him the next day but no one could move the heavy boulder, and people came from all over to follow this drama unfold. And it was an absolute media circus. Like, you, you know, you hear about the, oh, the little girl that fell in a well, mm-hmm. and we even had, like, a puppy that was stuck in a storage drain, you know, that oh, was kind of yeah. local that people went crazy yeah, over. like 24-hour coverage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This was like that of that time. And... It, it was it was ridiculous. They had tens of thousands of people that eventually showed up daily to witness this. Oh, they wow. had vendors out there oh. selling food. They had oh, souvenirs. Souvenirs? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Media, you know, was there. They were covering it. And it was actually the third largest media event of its time behind the World Wars and the Lindbergh Baby. <gasps> wow. Mm-hmm. And subsequently, Charles Lindbergh, who was the father of the Lindbergh baby, was a pilot that was hired to fly photographic negatives from the scene for a newspaper. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. hmm So this was absolutely huge back there in 1925. And after more than a week, after... A collapse cut off the ability to provide Floyd with resources because he was still alive. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I, I was like, well, is he still... Yeah, yeah. He was still alive. <sighs> they were sending him food. They were sending him um, an electrical light so that he could see. And he was actually even electrocuted when he was down there, too, by this um, this light that they were sending back and forth to him. And there were two collapses. And it was it was just insane. So... After a week, a collapse cut off the avail- uh, the ability to provide Floyd with resources that uh. they were giving him. And it was decided that it was impassable and a shaft would need to be dug from the surface down to reach the open chamber behind Floyd. And after being trapped for 16 days, oh, Collins oh. was finally reached, but he had died from exposure and doctors estimated that he probably died about three days before they reached him. Oh, so he man. would have been trapped in there for at least thirteen oh. days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, despite their efforts to rescue him, after all that, when they finally reach him, they still could not free his pinned leg, and they chose to leave him there, and they filled the shaft with debris. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's awful. Mm-hmm. So, with Collins's body remaining in the cave. Funeral services were held on the surface, and Homer Collins, Floyd's brother, was always bothered at the thought of his brother still being trapped. Right. As you yeah. would be, yeah. you know? And this was, on, like, on their family property, too. So right. they, they grew up around this area. Right. And after two months later, his brother and some friends decided to reopen the shaft, and they dug a new tunnel to the opposite side of the cave passage, and they finally recovered Floyd's remains on April 23rd, 1925 so this was two months later the following day the body was buried in the burial ground of the collins family farm which is near the crystal cave now known as floyd collins's crystal cave in 1927 floyd's father leave collins sold the homestead cave and the new owner y'all get this decided to dig up floyd's body and this was two years later and placed it on display in the cave entrance in a glass-topped coffin so that he could be exhibited. Why? For money. For tourists. For money. Oh, my God. What? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like, So the family sold the farm. <sighs> I mean, if it's your property. It's... He was buried on the family uh, farm. Someone yeah. bought the farm. Which... So they decided to dig him in up. In the cemetery? Mm-hmm. And this was 1927. I don't know if at that time there were laws against right. exhuming someone like that for Well, like profit. you said, it, it's, yeah. it's on their property. It's on your property. So, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So, he was exhibited at the entrance of the Crystal Cave for many years. And this grisly tourist attraction proved very profitable. Um, there's even photos out there. So, we're going to, you know, try and pull a photo Okay. You may put it out there. <laughs> One night, March 18th or 19th, 1929, so this would have been a couple of years after he had been on display in this glass top coffin, someone stole his corpse. Oh. Mm-hmm. So this was now four years after he had passed away. Okay. And he was later recovered, and he was found in a nearby field, but for some unknown reason... His injured left leg was missing and never found. What? 
Yeah. Strange. When it was recovered. When they found him abandoned in a field, he was missing his leg that was pinned. But before that, the leg was Mm -hmm. still with the body, the rest of the corpse. Mm Mm-hmm. Isn't that the craziest thing? Okay, now you got me thinking like it's a medical thing. I don't know. Like, ooh, that is interesting. Because it's like they just took the leg to figure out to see, Mm -hmm. you know. That is an interesting kind of pin on it. Yeah. Yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) So after this happened, the remains were kept in a secluded portion of the crystal cave in a chained casket. In 1961, Crystal Cave was purchased by Mammoth Cave National Park and closed to the public. And the Collins family objected to Collins's body being displayed in, in the cave, you know, at their request. Mm-hmm. And the National Park Service reinterred him at Mammoth Cave Baptist Church Cemetery in Kentucky in 1989. It took a team of 15 men three days to remove the casket and tombstone from the cave. Wow. That's that's how, like, in there it was. Wow. And so he was finally buried in his last final resting place 64 years after he died. Good God. Mm Mm-hmm. That is, oh, that's Is that not the most messed up story? (laughs) It It is messed up. Yeah. I can't imagine being his family and having Mm -hmm. to deal with that. Yeah. I mean, they sold the farm two years after he passed, so maybe it was just hard to be there, you know? Could have been. They had like no idea had... the things that would unfold after they sold right. it. Right, you like know, You would thinks, never yeah. think. Who thinks they're, that their um, brother is going to be dug up and put on display somewhere? Yeah. Right. After they, I mean, because, like, who does that? Yeah. <gasps> who does that? That's I don't so know. depressing. So that's some of the history of the cave. Now, let's get to our favorite part. Drum roll. (laughs) Ting. The haunts. (laughs) So there's a number of ghosts said to haunt Mammoth Cave. I mean, between the early Native Americans burying their dead inside of the cave to the many tuberculosis patients that died there and the numerous single deaths that would have happened over the decades, there's a few that have been known to stand out. So here's some of those. Um, things like objects being thrown from unknown sources. Mm. There's been um, sightings of an African-American slave who has been seen in the caves. Um, some say Stephen Bishop, who was the guy who just loved the cave so much and explored it. Um, in fact, he loved it so much that he refused to leave it even when he was offered his freedom. Um, he's believed to have returned to the cave after he died and, and that he... He walks the labyrinths that he discovered. Mm. So some say, if you listen long enough, you can hear coughing in the section of the cave where Dr. Krogan set up his, quote, hospital, unquote, experiment. Today, when tour guides, which, you know, they have rangers that do tours and stuff, when the tour guides perform their blackout, which is supposed to simulate what it was like to navigate the caves before electricity with nothing but an oil lantern, they report strange occurrences such as being playfully shoved, grabbed, poked at by an unseen force, and hearing footsteps when no one is there. And one time, during one of these blackouts, 
uh, a guide by the name of Larry Purcell noticed a black family standing behind the rest of the group that they were showing around. And Ranger Purcell was a bit surprised to see them since he hadn't noticed any black tourists in the tour group. And the ranger noted that the father, who wore a white pajama hat, was watching the other ranger talk with rapt attention. So he was so fascinated. And when Ranger Purcell turned the electric lights back on, he looked back to, for the family, but he couldn't find a single person matching the family's description on the tour. Ooh. And that's detailed, too. Yeah. To notice clothing specifics and even to notice a, an expression on someone's mm-hmm. face. Right. You know, that's right. that that's is insane. A detail. Yeah. Supposedly, that is what the old tour guides used, like Stephen Bishop used. They wore, like, white robes and, like, white pajama cap hats, I guess is the best way that I could describe it. So hmm. that's just crazy. That is weird. Mm-hmm. Another Are you th- telling my story right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Another spirit in the cave is a southern lady named Melissa who brought her Yankee lover, William, to the cave in 1843. So we're not really quite sure why she took him there, but it was supposed to be kind of a prank. I don't know if she meant for it to go down the way that it did, but she took him deep within the cave to Purgatory Point and left him there to find his own way back. (gasps) That's not very nice. Why would you I do know. that? So, it, you know, the theories are out there like, well, maybe she wasn't happy with him. And so she was leading him out there to his, his death because he was never seen again. So, wow. yeah. So he could have very well gotten lost um, and, yeah. and died. Or was it just kind of like a little joke and, oh, I'm just going to, you know, take you out there and leave you and, you know, not knowing that he was never going to be able to come back out again. Good. Yeah. So Melissa's ghost is said to, to haunt the caverns and still searches the area known as Echo River, calling deep within the cave in a distorted kind of scream. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. So before Melissa died... Mm-hmm. Um, any story on her? Like, was she charged with anything that you know of? You know what? I read a story on her that said that she confessed to doing this, like, on her deathbed, essentially. Like, doing so, it on purpose? To, like, that, that it happened. Oh. Not that she did it on purpose, but that I guess no one knew that she had done this at the time. So uh, no, she would not have gotten charged and that she confessed to doing it uh, right before she passed. So either like no one just knew it happened mm-hmm. at all or mm-hmm. it was a, oh my gosh, we were in this cave and he got lost Yeah, and we can't find him kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm. Is what I'm thinking. I don't know. I don't know. But there's different theories as to what her motives were as to why she actually took him in there. Huh. Uh, some say that it was just kind of like a little prank, just a harmless thing that turned out tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, another ghost would be, of course, the infamous Floyd Collins, who died after being trapped for 16 days, um, nearby Crystal Cave. It's also said that he wanders the grounds, and Floyd's ghost is also said to be heard calling for help. Oh, oh. yeah. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. 
In recent years, tourists have reported the unidentified ghost of a man dressed in old-fashioned cummerbund, which is different for the area because a cummerbund Mm -hmm. is very fancy. Yeah. (laughs) Others have witnessed a disembodied pair of legs running down the hill. (laughs) (laughs) That caught you off guard. It did. I just picture just legs. Just some legs just running. Okay. So, <laughs> Were they nice legs? Well, it said. <laughs> it said. <laughs> oh, that they were running down the hill near the main visitors' center, and the legs are wearing denim overalls and work shoes. So there are details as to what they actually mm. look like. Not not a pair of naked legs, right? Oh. But they're actually like hmm. bottom halves okay. with clothes and Ooh. yeah, weird. So with over 150 sightings of ghosts reported at Mammoth Cave, it has got to be one of the nation's most haunted locations. Has to be. And biggest. Most haunted and most biggest. I'm not going there now. I want to (laughs) go. I I don't, I I wonder if you can request not to take part in the blackout. (laughs) Maybe just go on the tour and look around. (laughs) I'm just thinking, like, how I would feel if I'm in, you know, on this tour in this cave mm-hmm. and I hear someone calling for help. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know how I feel about yeah. that. Okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody else hear that? Yeah. I'm out of here. The thing that spooks me out the most about this cave, though, is that we don't know where it ends. We don't know what right. goes beyond. Exactly. You know, oh, yeah. Like the oh. unknown. Yeah, I would... Yeah, that's ter- that's terrifying to me. But, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm claustrophobic anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like being in a space like that mm-hmm. and like getting lost, like I'm yeah. I'm about to have a panic attack just thinking just about thinking it. Just thinking about it. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I don't know. This story like pulled out an emotional response. Like as I was typing it up, my eyes would water. Like I would just want to start crying. Oh. Does that ever happen to y'all? Like when, when you see something like an episode about like a haunting or ghost or something and just like an emotion comes over you it's like i'm not really sad but like my eyes start tearing up and yeah it's weird hallmark commercials get me (laughs) (laughs) well that's that's what this story did as i was typing it up i was like man i just feel like tears Mm. wanting to come not not so much reading it back but as i was typing it (laughs) oh the story of floyd you know that yeah I know mm-hmm. that that gets me. Mm-hmm. I just I can't get over the fact of you know thinking about how his family felt mm-hmm. knowing that someone did such an awful thing of digging his body up and yeah. putting it on display. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can't get over that. Mm-hmm. Tragic. Mm-hmm. I think the toughest part would be having that hope because he was alive all right. of that time oh. the hope of because he he did interviews and somebody who actually did an interview with him from the cave ended up winning a pulitzer prize oh yeah so i mean that would have been awful to have that hope that you know He's you're going to be, be able fine. to be rescued yeah, yeah. and then yeah. you finally get to him and he's gone oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that is sad it's a downer it mm. is Sorry, guys. <laughs> Lisa, I hope your story is not as depressing. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
whoops, oh. her face doesn't look too promising. Yeah. Well, um, so I, when I was looking for my C-rated haunt, I had one place in mind. I was like, that's where I'm going. That's my C-rated haunt. Mm-hmm. But then, like, of course, I kept Googling. Yeah. <laughs> Never and, satisfied. Yeah. And I came across something else. And I was like, oh, well, that would be a good one. And then it just spiraled into even bigger and even bigger and even bigger. And I was just like, okay, well, I got to do this now. You oh, know? okay. So um, my honorably mentioned haunt is at Western Kentucky University. Oh, a which college. Is in, yeah, okay. it's in Bowling Green, mm-hmm. which is about 20 minutes from uh, Mammoth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, it's about, yeah, it's about 20, 25 minutes southwest of the Mammoth Cave. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it was established in 1906, and um, when I, like I said, when I was first looking it up, I saw that uh, there was a haunting at Van Meter Hall, and at first I was like, okay, well that's my C-rated haunt. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it at Van Meter Hall, but almost every hall in the university is haunted. What? Wow. Yes. As I kept doing research, it was like, okay, check out the ghost here. Check out the whole, this whole campus wow. is riddled with ghosts. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah. And it's on their website, so they're proud of it. <laughs> I think we might could bump this up to a B-rated god. Yeah, it might be. Because as I was doing it, I was like, man, this could yeah. almost be like a main story, but it's still going to be C-rated. So do you know what the halls are? Are these like classrooms? Are uh, these some dormitories? Are, some or? are dormitories. Yeah. Uh, one is an auditorium. So, um, okay. So let's get into it then. Mm-hmm. Um, the first ghost I'm going to do at Van Meter Hall because it was the first one that grabbed my attention to uh, change from my first C-rated haunt yeah. to this one. So uh, Van Meter Hall was constructed about 1909, 1910, and the legend goes that a construction worker fell to his death from the scaffolding onto the floor of the auditorium. So mm. this is the one with the auditorium in it. Yeah. Um, it is said that his blood had stained the floor, and even after it was clean, the stain would always return. Oh. So, it is rumored that even after the floor was replaced, the stain reappeared in the <gasps> same spot. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Now, I've never been there, so I can't say if the stain is still there or not. So, if there's yeah. anybody that goes to Western Kentucky University mm-hmm. that can confirm this, mm-hmm. give us a shout. Take a picture, send it to us. Yes, please do. <laughs> also, I found out that, do you guys remember uh, Ghost Hunters on Sci-Fi? Yeah. 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 It was like my first ghost hunting show that I mm-hmm. watched. The Plumber Guys. The OGs. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, they actually did uh, an episode there, but I was unable to find it anywhere huh. on the interweb. Hmm. I know. <laughs> but I was able to find cliff notes from it. So, um it is said that they were in the auditorium and um, they could hear footsteps and see shadows moving across the stage. Mm. And they also saw a um, person sitting in one of the chairs and as they got closer to it, they disappeared. Oh. Mm. It's also said that you can hear people talking and singing across the stage, but it's almost like they're talking in a different language. It's like they're un- they're not able to understand what exactly they're saying or what they're singing. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of it for Van Meter Hall. 
Oh, well, they did say that um, because of the caves, there's mm-hmm. still there's caves underneath the university. Oh. oh. So it is said that they have seen like a blue lantern like floating really um, and its story goes that there was a hermit that lived underneath the caves and would just kind of like walk through the caves oh my and goodness like that so yeah they believe it's his spirit well if this is only like 20 miles away from it you would think that well, it would have to be under a lot of places in right. the area yeah mm-hmm. well and you had mentioned that uh the cave had a lot of limestone in it yeah and mm-hmm. i've always heard that limestone is like an energy force for Whoa. spirits Really? Um, I'll get back to you, geologist friend. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So that's kind of it for Van Meter. Um, The next hall is Potter Hall. Mm -hmm. It says that there is a a ghost of a woman going around knocking on doors. And it was said that in the late 1970s that there was a young woman who hung herself um, in the hall. Oh. Um, And they have given her the name, they named her, of Casparella. Casparella. Mm-hmm. That's as good as you could do. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm wondering because it's like Casper Ella, so mm-hmm. like Casper the Friendly Ghost. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not sure. But yeah, that's the best they could do. They didn't have a record of her being enrolled. They could. <laughs> well, they do. She does have a name. I don't have it written down. Mm-hmm. But yes, they do know who she was. And oh, all okay. That, so, um, C rated, remember. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's in Potter Hall. Mm-hmm. In Barnes Campbell Hall. Um, is a story in 1967 on the fifth floor. Uh, the resident advisor went to um, kind of trip an, an electrical switch because one of the elevators had got stuck. So he went to go try to get it unstuck so it could get in use. Yeah. Um, but he didn't realize that there was an elevator descending down <gasps> and it crushed him to what? death. What? Oh. oh, no. Mm-hmm. And many residents today say that the elevator will always stop on the fifth floor but no one will be on it. Mm. That was wow. sad. Yeah, that is sad. Just trying to help out. Yeah. I know. I know. Um, moving on to Pierce Ford Tower, which is another dormitory, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, legend states that there was a student that um, happened to take a shower on a different floor than where he lived. Mm-hmm. And after he got done taking his shower, um, he headed up to the elevator to his dorm and when the elevator's door when the elevator doors open, he stepped on, into it and plummeted twenty stories to his death <gasps> oh, because no. the elevator was not there. No, when the doors opened and he just he just oh. walked in. Oh no! Mm-hmm. And they say every year on the day of his death, uh, wet footprints appear on the floor. <gasps> Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the list actually goes on and on and on of uh, different ghosts there, but. This one is the one that stuck out to me the most. This is the one that sold you. Yes. (laughs) Schneider Hall. Okay. The story is um, that during spring break. um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I want to say this was like back in the 60s. Well, I don't really have a date for this one, but it was uh, during spring break. And um, a man had snuck into one of the dorms expecting it to be empty because most students go home on spring break. Yeah. And come to find out one of the counselors was staying there in mm-hmm. the dorm and uh, startled the man that, bro- that broke in. And he grabbed an axe and mur- <gasps> er, murdered her. Oh, no. Uh, he took the axe and struck her in the head. Oh, no. The woman did not die right away, though. Oh. 
She dragged herself to another dorm and was scratching at the bottom of the door asking for help while she was bleeding to death. The person that was in the other dorm was too terrified to even answer the door, and the woman died there on the floor and was discovered the next morning when the woman actually had the courage to oh, finally open man. the door. Wow. And they said that there were claw marks on mm-hmm. the door and blood everywhere. Mm. Uh, people have seen the apparition of the woman with the axe in her head. Ooh. What? Ooh, 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 ooh. And people can hear scratching on their doors at night and doors slamming oh my goodness that is so creepy the uh, scratching noises uh, yeah the yeah scratching i couldn't do that thing always creeps me out mm-hmm. yeah yeah and scratching so hard that it leaves like fingernail uh, yeah yeah there were in it there oh were, my goodness uh, they said they even said that her nails were bloody oh from, yeah. yeah you know what it reminds me of the Silence of the Lambs movie where she gets like thrown down in the bottom of the pit and as the basket's coming back up and the lights on the wall, you see like Ugh. the fingernails yeah. in the wall yeah. from where people were trying to climb out. Yeah. That's Ugh. what I think of. And that that is just creepy, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, like I said, you got to think that these women, 18 years old, yeah. and you're by yourself in a dorm. Oh, you're just a you, kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and you're terrified about what, and you know, and it was you know, before cell phones and yeah. before all that, you know, mm-hmm. so, ugh. and it, and it being spring break too, there's probably not even a lot of staff right. on the campus right. or anything. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that, um, that's the big one for me on, on this honorably mentioned haunt. But yeah, I mean, the list goes on. There were, there were several different ghost stories about things happening there. And, um, and like I said, they're proud of it. They got it on their website. Well, <laughs> you can click wow. on each hall on what ghost haunts where and huh. and all that. That's interesting so. that they own it. Yeah. Like, yeah. We're haunted. Yeah. What's what up? of it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, I mean, if you have that many, you can't, it's not like you can sweep it under the rug and hide yeah. it very right. well. Right. So, so might as well. That's an interesting point of what you said about hearing that limestone may be like a conductor or a catalyst for haunts yeah. and stuff maybe and that's why this place has so many because of, of the, the caves yeah the caves yeah. and the limestone that's underneath yeah. it yeah. wow yeah so lots of stuff happening there western kentucky university mm. so give us a shout y'all <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we want to so hear your story if, if you've got any up there while, while you've been there past or present student yeah let mm-hmm. us know yeah yep. Absolutely. <laughs> That's all I got for WKU. All right. Well, um, I've got the friend story this episode. This actually happened uh, to a friend and co-worker of mine um, at Crestwood Medical Center in Huntsville. Huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, she had been at the hospital visiting and pretty much staying with her mom who was admitted in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, around 8.30 to 9 p.m., somewhere around that time, she was going out to her car to get something. When she approached the elevator, the doors went ahead and opened. Hmm. There was no one else there um, that would have, have you know, pressed the button or anything. Um, this happened on the fourth floor near the cafeteria and the critical care unit. Hmm. So she's walking up and... The doors just open. 
she says that she kind of stood there and thought about for a second, like, you know, well, maybe someone had pressed the button and gotten off or, you know, something happened. But when she goes to walk into the elevator, she sees a shadow, which she could distinctly make out was um, a person wearing a gown and an IV pole with, like, right next to the shadow of the person. No, 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 no. (laughs) Press the button, get off the <laughs> elevator. Don't get on that elevator, man. <laughs> well, she did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, and she said that, you know, when she got in, she thought maybe her mind was, you know, playing tricks on her. It was late. Right. Of course, you know, with the stress of being, mm-hmm. at, you know, mom's in the hospital, that kind of thing. But the shadow moved back and into the corner. Oh my goodness. No. Like, no. Not on an elevator. No. Not on an elevator. That's like my worst fear. Oh my goodness. Um, you know, just kind of as like a person would shift back to let someone else on the elevator. Right. It was that. She said that she didn't feel a, a feeling of fear, but she could feel there was a presence there and a mm-hmm. spirit. Yeah. And she's, she's like me. She's had a lot of experiences. Mm-hmm. It's not like, you know, this was just a one-time right. thing. She's had a lot of experiences growing up in, in her whole life, and her family has too. So she's really familiar and, and open to the thought of having spirits, or, you know, spirits being around. She said she went out to her car. Um, she came back. She got back on the same elevator. There was no shadow. Mm-hmm. No more feeling of a presence or anything. Oh. Um, she said that later she had been talking to another coworker of ours. This happened uh, a few years ago. Mm-hmm. They were talking about what happened, and our other coworker said, "Oh, that's Gertrude." <gasps> no, she didn't. <laughs> she she did. gave it a name. <laughs> well, evidently, Gertrude was a woman who had been um, forcefully admitted to their mental ward that from my understanding and and what we understand there used to be a mental ward in the basement of the hospital okay Mm. and so she was forcefully admitted um there and then died while in custody oh oh wow and evidently it's a a known thing among the employees at the hospital that there's a lady who is named Gertrude, who roams the halls in the elevator mm. at Crestwood Medical Center in Huntsville. Oh. Mm. So, yeah. I, I don't... I don't like that. <laughs> it's the elevator that gets It's the elevator. Yeah. It's closed spaces, caves, and elevators, y'all. No, no. place to run. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. And your cave goes on forever. Uh. I'm stuck in an elevator. <laughs> <laughs> been one of those episodes (laughs) it's got me real creeped out Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah if you're ever at crestwood medical center watch out for the ghost in the elevator that's something to see that on the elevator go out to your car come back and then get back on the same elevator (laughs) like i think i would be going the long way i'd be taking the stairs where's the stairs (laughs) yeah where are the stairs at but it's also interesting that you said that she's kind of had lots of experiences and she's open to it. 
She is. She was raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. Um, she's from New York. Mm-hmm. And they are all about, you know, the spirits and, mm-hmm. and fully believing in that. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a lot of family in Mexico. And she's told me stories mm-hmm. of, you know, stuff that she's seen there and her family has seen. Oh, so wow. it's I it's wonder lot, y'all. <laughs> if spirits can pick up on whether or not a person is more open to the idea of it and maybe they tend to appear to people that i'm yeah. wondering if it's more of like a brainwave like mm. there's a different level that different that certain people have mm-hmm. that can tune into that stuff not necessarily the spirits tuning it in but the person the person and that's yeah. what i'm thinking you know someone who's more open to the idea of that kind of like a kid you know you're, right yeah a kid's not going to know to, you know, think, you know, there's no such thing as ghosts yeah. or you right. know, something to block it out. To right. debunk. <laughs> to debunk, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. Di- there's different things firing off in there, you know, so mm-hmm. that's what well, I think. When you're a kid and you're learning, too, you're creating a lot of new neural pathways as well. Right. So maybe as you're developing like that, if you're experiencing stuff that's kind of like, mapping out in your brain right. that that exists you and maybe know? that's why you've had so many because when you were real little when you yeah. saw those ghosts mm-hmm. yeah and maybe that just kind of imprinted in there we're getting sciencey here <laughs> so we need an expert to chime in <laughs> oh, i know one <laughs> i'll find a neurologist <laughs> if we have any neurologists listening send us a message <laughs> Neurologist, geologist, what else did we need on this episode? Um, a professor. A professor, a professor for the college, yeah. <laughs> From WKU. <laughs> yeah. Go Tops. <laughs> well, it's been an interesting episode. Yeah, mm-hmm. this one was. It was scary for me. Scary one for me. <laughs> a lot of my fears in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Elevators. I don't like them. <laughs> you know, we have to go down one to leave here. I know. I mean, we don't have to, but we will. <laughs> we have to. Well, you can no, take the stairs. I don't know. We're still in the hotel, guys. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're in a hotel again this episode. Yeah, same as last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you all for listening. Let us know um, if you've had any experiences at WKU or anywhere else. Yeah. Send us a note. Um, we want to hear your stories. Like I said episode, last episode, we're, um, I'm going to start begging. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the friend episode the next next time? Um, Maybe you, Lisa. Me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Me. yeah. I got one. Lisa, oh, you. Okay. okay. Maybe. No. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa needs your submission. Okay, guys. yes, I need a submission <laughs> for the for the friends episode because I don't have one. <laughs> so I need yours, somebody out there. Contact us. If not, we might not be recording. Oh no! <laughs> no, we might Say have to think so. <laughs> you don't want us to shut down, do you? <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, well, thank you. Again, for listening, um, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Ghost Raised in the South, on Twitter at Ghost Podcast, and send us your stories at Ghost Raised in the South at gmail.com. You can also slide into those DMs. 
You can. Slide into those DMs. <laughs> Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all. Boo, y'all.